The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from beautiful Burbank, California, this is the Knapsack Files. I'm Ken Knapsack for another interview. That's right, the 114th interview. It sounds like Game of Thrones history. And the year 114 rose a wonderful interview. Yeah, I've been doing my Game of Thrones rewatch. More on that. Hey, at the end of the show, stay tuned for some information on a rebranded Patreon for me and all those good things. But you can uh, just follow me at Ken Knapsack and get some of that information. Also, the Knapsack Files hosting site is changing soon to Anchor. Shouldn't affect the way you listen unless you want to go to Anchor, get their app. You can support the show directly if you want to consider something like that. But also you can leave comments, messages, a lot more uh, things to do here on the Knapsack Files. So with some of the housekeeping out of the way, I want to bring in this guy. Jay Washington returns to the Knapsack Files. What's up, Jay? I'm happy to be back, man. I like the intro music. I like the smoothness everything. <laughs> I felt like I just should relax and vibe the hell out. Just oh. Man, if you and I had uh, done some morning radio in Chicago, we would have been... Uh, an interesting duo. It would have been very interesting. <laughs> and then Chicago itself for morning radio would have been like, we don't know where they go just yet. yet. <laughs> like, uh, do you want to listen to some uh, John Denver, uh, uh, Jay? Or um, some John Cougar Mellencamp? Hey, well. Man, <laughs> so here's the deal. Uh, I love bringing returning guests back here on the Knapsack Files because uh, we, wanna, we, we form bonds with our guests here, the listenership, and we learn. And last time you were here, Jay, October 2017, you had an insightful interview uh, uh, talking about your struggles with depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, you raised, uh, born and raised in Chicago and pro wrestling comedy. We did a life ranked about the lessons you learned from pro wrestling. It was a great time, Jay. Did you yes, have, it was. Did you have a good time I back remember, in October? I, re- I remember back in October coming in here. I didn't know too much what to expect. I was like, yeah. you know what? I'm just going to have fun yeah. and see where it goes and just let it play and let it flow. And, let it and go. I had a blast. And, you know, you've become one of my great friends out here. So. A Love you. I'm always love you back, bro. So I was like, when you said, hey, you want to come back? I went, absolutely goddamn yeah, Let so, me know when. So here's the thing, you know, uh, sometimes I wait, you know, I get r- rotating guests. I try, I'm, I've got I've got some great people lined up, people that are uh, outside of the digital media world. I just mm-hmm. have great stories to tell. I want to do more of that. But you and I were talking, we always hanging out at Schmodowns, and we we, you know, we have the uh, exhaustive at times taping schedule. We've been on the road together recently in New York yes. for the live Schmodown. And I was like, just hearing you talk, I was hearing you talk, and, and I, you were sharing some pictures, and Jen Sturger was talking about some stuff, and I realized <laughs> since the time you were on, yeah, your life changed dramatically, and in fact, your life almost ended. Yes, it did. And I thought to myself, Jay's got another story to tell. Oh, yeah. And so you're in here to tell some of that story. Okay. I don't know where to begin, <laughs> other than about this time last year, you nearly died. Uh, yeah. So let's, I'll give you the, I'll give you the full story. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle in for this ride. So for the timing, just so you know when it is Super Bowl week of last year. Okay. So that would be the first week of February. That would be first week of February. Got it. So that Thursday, no, that Friday, I ended up going to work at Netflix to work on the Joel McHale show. Nice. And I just had a sore throat, little twinge or whatever. And I was like, okay, maybe I can drink some hot coffee, some tea. I'll be Okay. But it got, kept being scratchy, whatever. So when I got home, I said, I'll lay down, take a nap. I was supposed to have done a show at the Laugh Factory in Hollywood that evening. Okay. I had to cancel. It was about 11 o'clock at night. I kept feeling horrible. I was like, you know what? I got insurance now. I'm going to the hospital. I'm a big boy. I'm a big boy. So I go to the hospital. They try, They fast track me. The doctor mm-hmm. looks at my throat and says, oh, you have pharyngitis. Here, here's prednisone. Pharyngitis. Right. It's just an inflammation of my pharynx. Got it. So I was like, okay, cool. Give me some prednisone. I feel it. I take it. The next day, I'm still not feeling any better. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what? Let me see how I go throughout the day. Saturday evening, I'm still worse. I go back to the hospital. Mm-hmm. They take me back through fast track again. The doctor looks at my throat and says, oh, you also have laryngitis. I was like, yeah, you can tell because I don't have a voice. <laughs> so he was like, literally, I'm going to give you this prescription for a coating cough syrup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, oh, what do I need a coating cough syrup? All right, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I get it. I couldn't even go feel it. Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, okay. I was just torn up. I just was beat. And I was supposed to go to different Super Bowl parties. Sure. You know how you try to go to different parties, be out different there, periods of the game. a lot of chips and dips out there, Jay. A lot to try. of different dips. And so I was too sick to go anywhere. So okay. I stayed home and ordered myself a pizza and the worst wings possible. 
How do I know they were the worst wings possible? Because they were the driest damn wings I ever had. They tried to bathe in barbecue sauce. Uh-huh. And I am a, a big black dude and bigger at the time. Of course I'm going to know these wings. It's sure. just not the truth. <laughs> rejected. Just rejected. Right. So the Super Bowl happens. So Monday, I, find, I get up. I can't swallow water. I'm struggling mm-hmm. to swallow, swallow water. So I finally go take myself to CVS to fill my prescription for the codeine cough syrup. I take it, and then all of a sudden, my neck gets inflamed, and all of a sudden, it's swelling. So I also bought some honey. Because okay. you notice if you have a sore throat, teaspoon of honey, honey. boom. Whiskey if you're me, but honey works better. Yeah. Same difference. You know, they both <laughs> do their job. But the problem was, I didn't know how bad my throat was. I couldn't right. swallow water. It hurt trying to swallow water. Yeah. I tried to swallow a teaspoon of honey in my kitchen at 9 that night. I'd been coughing and spitting up phlegm all day, okay. nonstop. I almost choked to death because I couldn't swallow it. I didn't know how bad right. it was. So I, ne- I didn't sleep at all at night. I couldn't. I couldn't lay down. My neck was killing me. I couldn't breathe. I go back to the emergency room at 5 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And um, I walk up to the, the desk at the, uh, in triage. And I remember the nurse was like, so what are you here for? I'm like, I, 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 can't, I can't breathe. Mm-hmm. He literally tells me, and I quote, if you can talk, you can breathe. Mm-hmm. I told him, bitch, I know the logistics. <laughs> I know the science of it. I know the science. <laughs> and so I was like, I feel I can't do anything. So they took my vitals, of course. And then another nurse from the back came and saw me. And she saw my neck inflamed like a cobra is upset. Uh-huh. So she takes me and puts me in a room. Okay. They put me on oxygen instantly. Right. They put me on oxygen. And later, about maybe 730, the uh, ear, nose, and throat doctor comes in. Sure. She comes in, she looks in my throat, and she looks down. She says, your epiglottis is almost closed. We're going to have to intubate you with anesthesia. You're saying words I don't understand. Your the- epiglottis is your windpipe. Okay. That's the fancy word. For, it's yes. not a Dr. Seuss character, no, which not is what a- it sounds like. No. Okay. So, <laughs> so you're I'm ep- following along here. I knew, only reason I knew it fully what it was, because okay. I watched episodes of Grey's Anatomy, and I'm an Everest graduate. That's so, what I should have done. I should. I went to Everest. <laughs> and so they were like, we're going to intubate you okay. with anesthesia. And I was like, I know a chick named anesthesia, mm-hmm. but this ain't what you finna do. So <laughs> You bitten the nurses and doctors. I love it. So at that time, uh, I remember putting on Facebook and Twitter, mm-hmm. about to go in the, uh, the operating room to use a little prayers. Mm-hmm. Get in the operating room. And she looks back down my throat because I'm thinking they're going to go in my throat. She was like, we can't go in your throat. Your throat's too swollen. We have to go through your nose, and we can't put you under. What? No, knock me out. I'll take a break. But here was the problem. The reason being, my throat was almost so constricted, if I relaxed, it would have closed and not opened. So they, wow. she told me, she was like, if you cl- if we put you under, you won't make it. Oh, wow, because you just won't have control. I won't have control of it. So they went through my nose with a plastic tube to intubate me. Okay which was the most painful thing I'd ever felt. Sure. And the doctors, you know, they couldn't try to, they tried to numb me. I guess they did, but it didn't work. Finally, they got to, after me gagging and crying and hollering mm-hmm. because it was mm-hmm. painful. They finally, once they get the tube in, a doctor spraying a bunch of stuff in the back of my throat and going, he was like, I'm like, what are you, I'm like, yeah. what are you doing? He's like, it'll make it go numb. And I looked at him and told him, you should have did this shit before we started. <laughs> Yeah. You're doing this backwards in my throat. There's tubes in my nose. So all of a sudden, uh, there's another doctor. He comes in. He says, have you ever been put under? I said, no, not that I can recall. Because when I was burned, when I was two, I believe I was, but I can't recall can't that. can't recall, right. So he was like, I'm going to give you 120 cc's of propofol. Don't worry. That's the drug they say killed Michael Jackson. You'll be okay. This is not <laughs> something you need to tell me at this very Those moment. Those are the little details I don't need. You yes. d- I don't need. Okay. So they put me under. Um, I'll fast forward through everything that happened while I was under. Sure. I wake up, and when I wake up, I slowly, I'm groggy, but when I wake up, I don't have a tube in my nose or my mouth. I have something in my neck, okay. and I'm strapped down to the bed. Right. My body goes into fight or flight. Sure. So I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. So I'm trying to break the rails off the hospital bed. They had to stop me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? I can't talk. Because you're just waking up. You're I'm just coming up, out of it. But I can't talk because every time I'm trying to say something, nothing's coming out uh-huh. because of the air, the tube in my throat. And so I'm like, give me a pen and paper. Basically, signal, give me pen and paper. Yeah. I said, what happened to me? They said, Mr. Washington, when, you, when we put you under, we did a CT scan on your throat. Mm-hmm. You had pus and air all in your neck. You must have had an abscess that ruptured. Oh, wow. So what we had to do was cut into your lymph nodes and to drain all of that out. Because if you see, I still have, I have the scars on each side. 
Yeah, it just looks like you've been a hardcore match. Though. I know, but it works. And they were like, we have to give you an emergency so tracheostomy. They, 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 oh, sh- wow. they had to cut in and drain all the pus snare on my neck. Right, right, right. <clears throat> Excuse right. me. No, you're good. So I'm glad you can cough. <laughs> I know, right? And so, you know, it took a minute for a couple of days where I had to stay in ICU because it was a serious surgery I had. Mm-hmm. And then um, one of the doctors said, had you not come in when you did, you would have died. You would have died. You would have died. There was no if answer, but not you could have died. Right, you right. would have like, died. Like just the ex- uh, bursting explosions, choking, some some kind of version. Something would have gone on. If I'd have found a way to fall asleep, you I was died. done. I was done. God was keeping you awake. He was keeping me awake. Yes, he was. So I go through a week or so um, in the hospital. They have to have the person come clean the tube out. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I tell people, and they think I'm joking. I heal quick. Mm-hmm. It. I know it sounds like a Wolverine thing, but I heal quick. So they want to keep me on the tube and the ventilator to let it breathe for me. Mm-hmm. It hit a point where like a day later, day and a half later, I can feel myself being able to breathe. So at night when they need to put me on the ventilator so the ventilator can breathe, I was like, don't do it. I can breathe. Okay. You know, I'm writing it. I'm still writing all the so stuff. So writing down. it, communicating. So the respiratory therapist that came in one night was insisting on put, turning it, putting the ventilator on. And when they do, they have to inflate balloons in my neck right. to seal off the air so that the ventilator can work. Sure. It is a painful experience to feel it. Mm. And I told him, do not do it. He turned it on and he, you know, he inflated the balloons and I balled my fist up to punch him. And it wasn't like a play ball. <laughs> and he saw it and got hella nervous. And un- he's like, I'll, I'll, I'll deflate it. And so I could, you know, go through that. I had people come up to visit me, Rachel yeah. Cushion, Brianne Chandler, Emma Fife, so mm. many people we know, so many of my... <laughs> So many of my celebrity friends came up, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and here's the funny thing. Mm-hmm. They came up, and it was all, you know, Jen Combs, Cody, all these beautiful type people, celebrities and everything. And the nurses at one point were like, who is he? Because <laughs> it, it was like, this, who is, this, this can't be a regular dude. Yeah. Jen tells them he's a comedian and an actor and a host. Right. So, of course, they say, what's his name? Jay Washington. Right. They go to the desk, and they Google me. I mean, and they start seeing all the stuff I've done. Right, right, right. When I tell you I've never had a more pleasant experience. From than, that point on? Yes. No one explained the science of breathing to you from that point on? No. <laughs> Nurses that weren't even my nurse were coming in to check on me just to make sure I was okay. I had a black lady nurse. I'll never uh-huh. forget. She came in and said, man, I want to take care of the celebrity. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a weird comment. On things overall, but I'm glad it worked for I'm you. I'm glad it worked. <laughs> and so while I was in there, at one point, the mm-hmm. doctors, one of the doctors, because it was a team, was like, we're going to give you a pick line. Mm-hmm. And it was like, because you're going to probably have to keep having antibiotics. Right. And a pick line is something they don't want me to give cancer patients who have to have chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't, I don't think I need this. And he was like, you don't understand how serious it was. I was like, I wrote down, I do understand how serious it is. What you don't understand is I don't want this shit in me. Right. So... Eventually, they put the line in. And he was like, oh, you might have to have this thing in for months because you might not be the same. I was like, I heal quick. Like, I got a set on Saturday, man. <laughs> I, kept tell- I kept telling them, I heal fast. Sure. So fast forward all that to the day I'm about to get out. You know, the doctor's getting ready. She looks at me. Like, even one doctor came in and saw the scars with the tube still in. The hole was starting to close around the tube. He was like, "What? how does that happen? You are a supervillain. I was like, how, he was like, how does that happen? When they took the tube out, the, the uh, ear, nose, and throat doc, she took the tube out. She said, I need you to come see me tomorrow, tomorrow, the next day, for a follow-up. Mm-hmm. I go out. She said, once, it, once we take the tube out, if you close it up, maybe within like a couple of hours, you should be able to talk. Okay. Maybe like six hours. In two hours, I can start to talk mm-hmm. as long as I close the hole. Mm-hmm. My air will go straight up. The next day I came back because I had to get a checkup. I go in, she takes the scars off the band, you know, the bandages I had on. She was like, wait, you weren't lying. Your scars are closing. Your hole is already healing in the back of your throat. (laughs) She was like, you weren't lying. I was like, I told you I heal quick. And then she said, wait, you can talk. I said, yeah, I did six minutes at the laugh factory before I came over. (laughs) She was like, you can talk. I was like, yeah, I can talk. Yeah. She was like, this is, I don't believe this. And so, I was out. I was out. Uh, <laughs> Has Kevin Feige optioned this story yet? <laughs> not yet. Not yet. And so the next, like maybe a day or so later, mm-hmm. I was in the house. I had cabin fever. They didn't want me to go out really. Sure. That Friday, I said, to hell with it. No, that Thursday, I said, to hell with this. There was a brisk Black Panther pop-up event in right. downtown LA. I went. 
I'll never forget Dorian, Cheyenne, a bunch of people looked at me and was like, what are you doing here? You just got out the hospital. I said, I am not staying in the house. And so fast forward um, that Friday, Mm -hmm. because it was Thursday, the next day I'm on the Schmodown taping with Janine. I do remember that. I'm taping with, my neck is like a queef kazoo. I got hair coming out, all this is like, but I'm still talking. They're like, how is this possible? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of my buddies, she wrote on Facebook. She said, uh, at the time, she was like, like, he just got out the hospital having life-saving surgery, and he is back working. I've had a cold for a week and a half, and I feel like I'm dying. He really is a (laughs) supervillain. Nobody could believe it. It Nobody could understand how I healed so quick. And so after that, what I did know the day I got out the hospital, that when your airway is cut off Mm. and once it for a certain amount of time, once it comes back, your taste buds, your sense of smell and everything reset. So I was hungry when I got out the hospital because I couldn't yeah. really eat. I just didn't have, I didn't care. Sent my boy down the street to my, from my house to go get me two quesadillas, because we pronounce the L's around here, quesadillas <laughs> from Taco Bell. Right. I ate, I took a bite into one, and it was the most horrible shit I'd ever tasted. So your taste buds were like back to zero? To zero. Is that what that means? Yes. Literally? Yeah. For me, it did. So again, so I might like coconut if I go through this. <laughs> you probably I don't will. want this. Okay. So I couldn't eat that. And then so that later on that night, I was like, shit, what do I want? Mm-hmm. So I'm looking on Uber Eats and Postmates and I see fat burger. And I was like, I really don't want a burger, mm-hmm. but I'll take the impossible burger. I've never had it. I'll try it. Get the weed bun and everything. I can eat it flawlessly. Really? No problem. I was like, okay, let's see what else happens. I try to eat some of the stuff I used to eat. Mm-hmm. I throw it up. Not only did yeah. my taste buds reset, my stomach shrunk. Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't eat the portions and the big amounts I used to anymore. I'm now down to a small platter. Right. And my body doesn't handle red meat anymore. Okay. I can, when I eat plant-based, which I've been doing, right. I can eat fine. So everybody was like, what happened? I was like, my entire body chemistry mm-hmm. reset. I lost mm-hmm. 41 pounds between the week I was sick and the week in the hospital. Tubes in your mouth will help you. Okay. Lost 41 pounds quickly. (laughs) Right. And then I was like, you know what? This may be a sign. So I started Mm -hmm. doing more plant-based stuff right after I got in the hospital, started working out, but I wasn't working out the same way. I wasn't power lifting, more defined, more cardio. I was in the gym a week, like that week, next week after I got out the hospital. I had the bandages still in the gym. They were like, why? How are you (laughs) here? Get out of here, Mountain. Yeah. And so I'm still doing that. Yeah. And then as I go, yeah. I'm still, I'm working out. I'm doing different things. I'm trying to better myself. And to fast forward everything, as of this point now, since then, I've lost 130 pounds. Yeah, yeah. you're looking in fighting shape. Fighting thank you, shape thank you so much. All of my clothes are way baggy. Yeah. My pants, I, I they look like I belong in a 1990s hip hop video. <laughs> And so it, it's been a great change. Did I see you with a crisscross video? You probably did yeah. with a bad pair of backwards overalls. Mm-hmm. And my skin is cleared up. Somebody, I yeah. took a picture and I took a picture from last, like sometime last year, year before when we were at the Schmodown. Right. And Brienne, myself, and Stacey Howard did the drugs thing. And mm-hmm. I looked humongous. And I put it by a side-by-side picture of I took of a day and a half ago. Yeah. Everybody was like, how do you look younger? Yeah, yeah. Like you look younger than mm-hmm. what you look like. And I, I credit that all to God and everything that happened because it changed my life. The tragic situation mm-hmm. changed my life for the best. Take me, you, you're telling this fascinating story that, and I, you know, I've only heard parts of it here. And, and, and I know, you know, the support you received from a lot of people, but specifically, you know, Jen Sturger and Cody mm-hmm. Decker, who are, who are wonderful, wonderful people who were there at your side. You, you're going through these details here, but in this, and I know you talked about last show as someone who has a struggle with depression and can maybe mm-hmm. could get down in these moments. What, how, how are you finding the strength other than you just a super villain can get out? Like where, where are you like, how are you pulling yourself out of this mess? Cause if I, I've got stuff, if I got a hole in my throat, I got, I got tubes and I almost died. Yeah. I'm going to feel thankful, but I, I don't, my mental state would have collapsed. <laughs> okay. So first and foremost, mm-hmm. I literally had started getting recognized on networks. Mm-hmm. I just started. I was like, well, fuck. Everybody's going to forget about me. Right, right. People are going to forget who I am. So my drive to work was the second thing that pushed me. Okay. The number one thing, well, it wasn't thing. It was two people. Okay. Jalen Allen Washington and Jalea Ann Washington, my children. Children. I was like, they need their father. Mm-hmm. And so no matter what, I said, I'm going to make myself be better. 
Right. I'm not going to be in him. I'm not going to be stuck. I'm not going to be down. Mm-hmm. I was depressed after a while sure. because, you know, what had happened and I didn't know how it would bounce back. I didn't know what it would mean for me as a whole, mm-hmm. but I, I just kept going. And yeah, I, my depression went worse afterwards because I almost died. It was PTSD. Anytime I'd have okay. a, a yeah. twitch, anytime I'd have a twitch in my throat, uh-huh. it could be that normal little use, little scratch. I got paranoid. Right. I started freaking out. That it's I had a friend from my my last job, my, my security job, right before I left and transitioned with the screen junkies. He had a heart attack and re- revived nine times on the table. The doctors use his case as training, like. Mm-hmm. And I know I, I haven't talked to him a little bit, but for the first year or two after any twitch, he would go back to an ER and it mm-hmm. messed his brain up. Mm-hmm. Poor guy was just like, I, so that's what you're describing. And I still go, th- I'll be honest. I still, still go, go through, through it. it. I still go through it because it, it's just so, because, because of how the first incident came out of nowhere. Well, yeah, you're describing something I think we all will experience. Uh, I took the subway in New York. It got a little tingle in my throat. Exactly. I took an Uber the day before from the gym mm-hmm. before I had to go to work on a thing on Netflix. And I got, I started having this twinge in my throat. Yeah. I didn't think nothing of it. Sure. Who knew it would change my entire life? And and stereotypical men things, you know, like we we don't go to the doctor's ERs. I suffer from that. I don't know if you do. Seems like you jumped on it right away. Well, I just knew something wasn't right. You just knew you knew your body enough. And and I think being a wrestling for a long time, you probably know yeah. what kind of pain you're feeling. Yeah, I was like, this, this is, is normal. This isn't a normal sore throat. Because I'm listening to you, and I because I I had I drove myself to ER one day after like six days of a sinus sinus infection that I woke up with my pillow covered with my pus. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. Came out of my eye. And then I went, this is what I went. I went, I'll go to the ER when I wake up. <laughs> and I did, and I did. But so I'm listening to your story, Jay. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, you, you put yourself into it. I fear, I fear what I would have not done, which is I'll just sleep this one off. Oh, yeah. I, You know what? I try. I thought if I get some rest, I'll be able to make a better decision mm-hmm. that Monday night. But I couldn't. But you knew. You felt. I just, I just no, it's just I could It hit the point where I couldn't even drop to sleep. I couldn't get mm-hmm. comfortable in any way. I just couldn't take it anymore. Right, right, right. I said, I'm going back. And I took an Uber each time to the hospital, by sure. the way, because uh, ambulance, way cheaper. Cheaper. You and, turn those lights on, it's even more expensive. <laughs> and so it was, you know, all that. It was just trying to push through that. But like I said, the year. I'm just sorry. I'm having this vision of you getting an Uber. You're like trying to signal, take me to the hospital. <laughs> Well, they would look at the, they would look at the the destination, yeah, and they were like, "Okay, the hospital." I was like, "Yes." They were like, "Are you okay?" I was like, "I'm going to the emergency room." <laughs> like at one point before, um, I I'll never forget my voice sounded digital. Okay, it sounded like a wet drive through speaker. I remember that because I did a re- uh, one yeah. of those three to second thirty second reviews on uh on Stardust, uh, and I was yeah. listening to myself, and I was like, "Oh my god." But I didn't think nothing of it. Right. Just a sore throat, it'll pass. Wow. Like I said, the, the the road back and the road since then, it's been a up and down one because mentally it did mm-hmm. shake. I've never been shaken that hard. Yeah, mentally. you're a big tough guy. And yeah, you know, we talked about last time. Yeah, you, you it's so great you can talk about depression, but you know, you you're ha- yeah. every time I see you, I know you got stuff going on, but you always try to put on a good smile. You know, yes. yeah, so I can get it. I get it. And so it was just having that be what it was just you know just shook me but it just it's a reminder of how much we take life for granted as well Mm. because at any given moment we don't control what happens with us Mm. nope you don't control when you randomly get a sore throat yeah you know you yeah you can do certain things if it's cold outside bundle up or whatever the case or stay away from somebody who's sick but if it just comes sporadically Mm -hmm. and you don't think that'll evolve into a situation that it did Mm -hmm. it 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 makes you think and understand and appreciate things more. Did it on, on a spiritual side, you talk about God, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a God believing God fearing man. And that's complicated. And, 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 you know, you get safe and the guy next to you dies with a lightning strike. Yeah. We don't know these big mysteries. Did it draw you closer in any oh, way? Absolutely. Yeah. It, it made me, you know, they say you never question God, mm-hmm. but I had to ask, what's the purpose for me? Sure. Because yeah, there, right. ha- there has to be a purpose for me. If I survived through all this, mm-hmm. if I went through this, and came out on the other side, and now I'm incredibly better than I was before. Mm. You know, what What does it all mean? Does it, is it, what's the end goal per se? Like, is it my, is it my goals or is it his goals? Is it God's right, right, goals? Right. And, or her goals? Is it God's goals? Mm. And it, it made me really be appreciative and every day 
have a conversation. Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. when I'm going through good times, bad times, just to right. to get a, a level of calm. Right. You know, and I've like I said, I've always been a big believer in God. No matter what happens, I believe everything I've done in my career is through God. I'm thankful for that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in in that situation, I just I kept praying. Sure. Let this be your will. Yes. This is, I couldn't even get upset, even when I was in pain. Could, okay. It was let it be your will be done. Sure. That's how it was. And that's easier said than done, but it's something you got to hold on to. And I, I've never been in your specific situation, but uh, giving up that, that control is is uh, the, the whole thing behind faith a little bit at times. Yes, it is. That is hard because you got two kids. You got uh, two kids. And, and, and what's their journey? Their journey might be separate from yours. And is it time to go? You don't know that. So you just got to trust. And wow, that's tough. That's tough. It was like maybe... Um, a couple of months. Yeah, actually, I got out the hospital. I went to the hospital in February, three, four months. In April, I went up to Tacoma to see my daughter. Okay. And all I could do was just keep holding on her and hug her. That the first, that's the first time? After, right after. Gotcha, yep. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yep. You could just, that's all you could do. Even, Tearful reunion. Matter of fact, sure. I had went to, it wasn't even Tacoma first. I'd gone to Chicago because I had to do C2E2. Right, right. Again, right after getting out the hospital. Sure. And I went down to uh, Indianapolis. My son's in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Went down to see him. My son is 14, going on 15 at the time. Right. And he's a little bit taller than me. But all I wanted to do at the time was just hold on to him. Sure. And he and he got it. Sure. He, I didn't even have to say anything to him. Yeah. He got it. Yeah. My daughter, she just loved it because I'm daddy is daddy. Sure. She's a daddy's girl. Sure. But she doesn't understand what daddy went through. Yeah. You know, yeah. I called her in the hospital on FaceTime and she was like, daddy, you okay? And I couldn't talk. Right. And so it was hard. Dad's on timeout. Yeah. So, well, I think you think you're, you're hardworking. We know this. I, I know it personally. I see what you do. Um, but I, I remember you, maybe you did, I don't know, maybe I'm just thinking of it. There was something you, I think, posted. It's like, you're freelance. You have to keep working. Yeah. Yeah. You got no money coming in. I've, I've got no money coming in if I stop. If I stop. If I take two weeks off. And I don't take a Jedi Council gig or a Movie Fights gig, which let me tell you, ain't much. It ain't much. Um, that was fascinating to me, too. You know, and hey, I, we all could make that choice to go manage a Starbucks. And I managed them all for a long time. Then, and, and sometimes I miss that security, pun intended and not intended, of my old uh, security job. But that's frightening, too, because you have to work. So now yeah. mentally you're thinking, I got to get out of here. And I literally, I literally was in the hospital. And I remember when Jen came and saw me one time. I remember, uh, I think Brianna, Rachel were there, and I was like, I just got to get back to work. Mm-hmm. That's all. And I talked to a couple of my buddies from back home, and I was like, I just got to get back to work. They well, they text me. I'm like, I just got to get back to work. Right. They were like, What? They were like, You need to calm down. I was like, I can't. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't. I don't think you get it. I don't have anybody else here but me. So I have to work to make for me. If I don't, the phrase is, if a man don't work, a man don't eat. And if I don't work, I don't have a place to stay. I don't have anything. So I had, I was, I was driven by, let me get back on my grind and let me be better than I was before. Did you come out more inspired to make it in this path? I I couldn't, before I was was like, I want to do it. Sure. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm driven by it. Yeah. I'm pushed. But after that situation, I was like, I have to, I have to, I'm, I'm, I want it. Part of it. I'm alive. I'm not done. And yeah. I, 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 yeah, yeah. I, I just, okay. That that's cause, cause you could come out and go and like, I sometimes said we all, we all have doubts, but I'd yeah. be like a nine to five with medical and some 401k. That's a comforting thing. Yeah. But then there's these days where I'm like, I, I, I'm succeeding somewhat on my own and it inspires me, mm-hmm. but you're, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes, getting out going, you could go time out. Hot tag ref, bring in the day job. Yeah. But now you're thinking, I've got to work, and therefore I want it more? And I thought about it a couple times. I was like, yeah, let me take a day job. But at the same time, I was like, you know what? I know what this all means. I know what what I go through with this. I know there are ups and downs. I know there are a lot of unpaid gigs. I know there are a lot of things that I probably won't get paid what I'm worth for. I need to do them all. I need to make sure I make this name for myself that people will know. Oh, we need somebody reliable, somebody that can work, somebody that can deliver. And and that's what I did. Not only mm-hmm. did I put myself more into 
being on the different networks and making sure these networks knew who I was, I pushed myself harder with what I was doing for my podcast. For your own stuff. For my own. You know, I reached out to Disney Press on my own. I reached out to Disney ABC Press on my own, to Fox on my own. I, you know, I put out, hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. Here's my videos. This is what I want to cover. This is why I want to cover it. Mm -hmm. I reached out on my own, knowing that there's a potential I can get a no. Sure. Knowing there's a potential that they can go, well, we don't think you're, you know, you're worth it. But I said, you know what? I'm going to go for it no matter what. Right. And then I had these opportunities. Then I started making these different connections and started trying to do more. And still to this day, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, where do I need to be? Who do I need to be with? What do I need to do to put myself on that next level? Right. You know, right. even even while I'm still acting auditioning, even while I'm still doing stand up, mm-hmm. even while I'm still producing a podcast, while I'm, you know, doing the wrestling compadres podcast, yeah. I, you know, no matter what, and I'm still a father. Yeah. First and foremost, I still have to work. Mm-hmm. I still have to give all of my all. And then some, I can't slack. I can't take a minute to yeah. just, who let me breathe. Cause the moment I take that, that bit of brevity, yeah, somebody yeah. else comes above me. That's always right. my thought process. Right. Yeah. I've never, uh, never seen you give less than like the old 110%. You bring it when you show up. Thank you. Anything you bring in it here. This is a fascinating story. Uh, and where you are now and you talk about your podcast, t- t- the mad Titan podcast is a new thing. Yeah. So what happened? So those who remember the, or the original interview I did with Ken, I was yeah. doing the trusty sidekick myself and Bobby uh, Hill. Right, right, right. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. Bobby and I had some creative differences. Okay. Basically what it was, there were certain things I wanted to do with the podcast that, you know, I would have to wait on quote unquote his approval because he didn't want me to do things without him, which I understand. But Did I'm you like, want to review Pornhub videos, Jay? Hey, I ended up doing a commercial for I it. know. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But um, I wanted to do more reviews. I wanted to do okay. certain exclusive things. I wanted to reach out to different outlets. I wanted to, I started connecting with different stars from shows and movies involving, you know, the Marvel and DC properties. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, we need to interview these people. We need a set date to interview so I can tell them to come. Let's do this. Yeah. And I remember, our, you know, certain debates we had about that. And again, we went, we bumped heads on, bumped heads on a lot of things. Sure. And it got to the point where there was the decision to dissolve it. Okay. And for me, it was like at first it, it hurt because I was like, we put too much into this, mm-hmm. and you know, it, it left me feeling stagnant because for a hot second, because I was, I was like, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? Because you you guys have been doing the show for a while. Right? Yeah, we have been doing it for over two years. That's a long time. Yeah, for over two years we've been doing it. We had up to 83 episodes when it finally dissolved. Mm -hmm. And um, it was like, okay, so what do I do? Mm -hmm. And at one point I was just like, I don't don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to do this. And I just bucked down Mm -hmm. and said, you know what? I can do this. I have the following. Mm -hmm. I've built the audience already that I have, let alone the audience that was with Trusty Sidekick. Right. So I said, okay. But here's the thing. I'm just going to keep the same philosophy of what the show was, okay. but I'm just going to be me. Right. I'm just going to have fun. I'm going to have different guests, co-hosts. I'll be able to reach out to everybody I know now for an interview. And I just have to say, look, can we do this date? And, can it's, we do you. This and it's me. And so it was like, you know what? I'm going to step out. On, I stepped out on faith with this. Right. Because I was like, look, this is something new. This is something I'm going to try. I just need to know if you all will rock with me with this. Yeah. And I was like, I need a name for the yeah. podcast. I need a name. I said, I can't do trusty sidekick. Of course. Sure. I said, I need something that, that mimics who I am. Right. That reminds people what the theme of the show is. And also lets you know, this type of feel you might get. And I sat down and I think I was, uh, it was right around the time Avengers was about to come out. Okay. And I just saw, and I, I remember just glancing at the TV at one point. Right. And I was like, a mad titan. A mad titan. As you are. I said, <laughs> the mad titan podcast. So I looked, I said, okay, cool. Let me go ahead and set up the sites. Let me go ahead and get the domain name. And let me go ahead and yeah. get the hosting stuff. I was like, I, I got the ba- most basic of equipment. Sure. Like, do you know I literally still record mad titan on a little blue snowball? Yeah, yeah. I recorded on Snowball into my computer. I wish I had this lovely setup you have. I wish I had. The Roadcaster Pro by Road Mics. <laughs> Not quite a sponsor, but a friend of the show. I, I love that. But no, I, I said, you know what? I'll just do it. Yeah. And so I said, I recorded my first episode in my room. It was me. 
I'm going to pause right there because, and you're telling this great story because, you know, we all here, I've been mm-hmm. doing this podcast and he thinks, you know, 2013, the Epsic Files lunch. Hey, Ken, I'm thinking of starting something. What do I need? What's the equipment? And I can give you the list of the road things to get if you got the money. But what Jay's saying here, folks, is he's, he has the same mic he's always had. He's got his room. He's got himself. That's all you need. It's yeah. Leia to Ray at the end of The Last Jedi. We have everything we need, need right here. And all you have to do is download the Audacity program. Yeah. Well, I have, but that's the basic you need. And I use GarageBand because I'm dumber than Jay. <laughs> so you but, can all figure it out. But, but, but having done radio four years in Chicago, right. I knew about how to use Audition, sure. Adobe Audition. I knew how to fully edit. I knew how to compress sound, take out dead air. I knew how to cut. I knew how to add bumpers and stingers because I did all the editing from a uh, trusty sidekick. Sure. And I did it for my own for yeah. the podcast version of the radio show. Right, right. And so I was like, let's just do this. And I recorded the first episode by myself. And it was it was weird. Yeah. It was it was weird. It, it was it was you awkward. Don't have a sidekick. I yeah. don't have a sidekick. I don't have a partner. It's just co- you by yourself in a room talking? Yeah. Yeah. And I've done maybe four three, four episodes by myself. Yeah. But at the, at that time I was like, this is gonna be super I'm nervous. Sure. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And I started getting tweets that said, Oh my God, I'm glad you're back and I love the feel to this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I always tell people it's barbershop talk for nerds. Uh, I get it. We just yeah. we just talking, we just talking. Just be honest. Is that your slogan? Just barbershop talk for nerds. When you say that on the shows and what? all that stuff, is that a, you got a sticker? You got a T-shirt? I'm I'm working on that one. Get on it. I need a sponsor again. I need Brian money. Ward. I need Janine the Machine design a shirt for this. Janine, first of all, let me give a lot, a lot of love to Janine. Janine designed the logo. Yeah, yeah. The me as Thanos with the with the glove. It's great. And that is the you know I love Janine Death for that, but yeah, I would love to get T-shirts like yo, it's barbershop talk for nerds, yeah, because that's how I always wanted it to be. Just like we're conversing, right. we're we're talking right now, yeah. and we just talk about the stuff we love. And the greatest thing about that is the celebrities and the actors that have worked on the shows and the films who know of me, they appreciate it because it's like you're not trying to if you don't like something, you're not just shitting on it. Right, right. You just tell you why you tell exactly why you don't like. You have a reason. You're detailed behind it. Mm-hmm. And if you like something, you tell exactly why you like it. But you keep it real to the point where nobody feels left out about it. Right. If things happen, I'll bring it up and I'll address it. And I've I've had many instances where things have come up in the fandoms we love, and we know it happens all the time. There's some bad things in the fandoms. No matter what. And I'll always say this if you're gonna be in your feelings mm-hmm. with this, you might want to stop listening. Right, right, right. I'll right. always say it. Because I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not trying to be disrespectful or blunt or not or brash, shall I say. I'm honest with you. And so with Mad Titan, I've had different guest co-hosts. Um, I've, I've Skyped friends in. I know how to learn how to do it through Skype where I yeah. still have the quality. I've had people come over my house where I recorded. They've come over. Uh, I've gone to people's houses to record. I've, I do a bunch of interviews. Yeah. I, and, you know, it's all been great. And it's been a blessing so far. And it was yeah. like, what's next with it? Yeah. How did the, the you, you talked about getting the responses, but when you record the first episode by yourself, you feel a little nervous and the mic goes off and you're done recording. What do you feel in that moment? Whew. <laughs> that was literally it. Yeah. I was like, okay, all right, we're done. Yeah. And then I also, when I wanted to do it before I recorded the episode, I spent a week and a half making the intro. Oh yeah. Cause I made the intro for Mad Titan. Cause I made mm-hmm. the intro for trusty. True. So I was like, I want it to be fully, have that feel of what I'm bringing. The 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 beat itself is a is a hip hop type bass drop. Yeah, and I have uh, quotes from Josh Brolin as Thanos talking. Yeah, and the one thing I told myself I wanted to have with this, no matter what, and it was the it was the big kid in me. Mm-hmm. I said I had to have Robin say Titans go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and right before it right before it, it drops to where I come in, it literally says Titans go. And I had to have that. And so I was like, all right, let's edit it together. Let's boom. Let's upload it to the uh, hosting site. All right. Add all the artwork, everything we need to do. Yeah. Publish. Doom. Boom. It's all right. Bad. Let's out there in the universe. Yeah. Now let me go ahead and share it to people. Yeah, yeah. And let people know. So I shared it on Twitter, mm-hmm. Facebook, both of my Facebook pages, my fan page. I said, let's, let's just do this. Mm-hmm. See what happens. Mm-hmm. And I just, I couldn't, there was no go back. Yeah. There was no going back. And I was like, okay, I did one. Yeah. Let me see if I can do another. And another. The ball starts. And another. And it starts rolling. Yeah. And then so I'm like, you know what? Let me try this whole Patreon thing. Yeah. Because I tried the Patreon for Trusty Sidekick. 
Right, I remember that, yeah. And it wasn't working because mm-hmm. it wasn't, you know, we both weren't pushing it. And, you know, there was a lot of fault to it, not doing it right. And I was like, okay, let me see what I'm doing. And then at first I was trying to push it, and I wasn't doing it right. Yeah. I got maybe, I have like a, a small handful of patients. Sure. But I was like, okay, I need to figure out how to get this going more. And I'm still mm-hmm. trying to figure that out, figure out the formula behind that. And it's just been, I want to show the world, this is what I can do. I can go in front of the camera and show you I can talk. But also, I can show you when you have me in my own format, in my own element, if I can make something my element, I can yeah. still deliver the same goods. Yeah. It, yeah, you know, for me, the biggest thing about Patreon, and if I could, I'd say it to anyone who asked, and, and you didn't ask, but I'll say it to you, uh, is, is finding, your, you've got your voice, but building that community around it. And when you plug into that, Patreon's direct to consumer. It is Netflix, Hulu for the individual. Yep. That's what it is. And if you treat it like that, and, and I know you do, but content creators out there, treat it like that, and then invest in that community that comes up around your silly little words. I, I think that's where it starts to work. And, I, and I've learned that because of some of the tweets I'll get, a lot, not some, a lot, where I'll get a random tweet, hey, Jay, what's your thoughts on this happening? Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on that? And if it's something I know I'm not going to address on Mad Titan, yeah, I'll put it in with my little small thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like I did the whole... Um, do we need, like I'm working on one right now, and I'll tell you just guys the topic. Should toy, should toy companies be held to the exact same embargoes that critics are? Because toys, yes, <laughs> toys have spoiled movies. Yes. And they're continually spoiling films. And my favorite toys of all time are Lego, and they do it every, every single time. And they just did it again. They've yep. If you have not, I'm going to tell you this now, do not go look at the Lego toys if you don't want the climax of Endgame spoiled for you. Yep. And I love them. And I love them. That's, see, that's great stuff. And so things like that, those, you know, maybe five minutes, ten minutes, it's just yeah. my thoughts on the matter. And yeah. so I know I won't address it in, in, in Mad Titan, so I'll mm-hmm. do it there. And, and again, I just love because now I've had people who are like, yo, I've heard of Mad Titan. Yeah. I've heard about you. And and now because my name gets around, it's a, it's a good film. It's letting me know I'm doing it. Right. I need to be doing it. But I also still have that that burning urge that I need to be doing more. Yeah, I think that that's a certain type of personality. I, I have it, too. I, I sometimes can tend to get lazy. But that, feel, you know, we always look at The Rock, DJ, Dwayne. I look at him, I'm like, he's not stopping. Why am I stopping? <laughs> you know what? I sit there every time I think that he can't be doing more. Remember, we all know he acts. Yeah. We know he produces films. Yeah. But he produced a series that's coming on BET about called Finding Justice. Right. And so he's involved in so many things. And there was one day he did, a, I think it was a commercial or something, and it was kind of blurred out. But it just showed his schedule for one day. Right. And I and I uh, we talked before. I, that to me goes to his personality mm-hmm. and what he's did and what he believes and how he feels fortunate. He was broke, bankrupt, whatever that was. But then you go and spend your life in pro wrestling when you're still on the road, 330 days a year, if you're lucky. If you're a star, yeah. Um, he knows it, it, it's that he's just it's wired into that brain. But it's but it's inspirational. Can we all be the Rock? No, I can't move my eyebrows like that, Jay. But <laughs> I can do my left one. I can't do my right. Yeah, but for 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 you and I in the content creating world, don't stop, can't stop, won't stop. It's easier said than done. But I look at someone like that. Hell, I even look at Triple H and Stephanie working out at midnight when I'm tired at 10 p.m. <laughs> they are backstage. See, people think they don't do anything. They're yeah. they're helping to produce the show, which they have the talent to get there sometimes 10 and 11 in the morning. Mm-hmm. They're there all day backstage while the show is going on. And before they leave, their trainer is there. They're working out at midnight. Yeah. And they got kids. And they have kids. (laughs) That is the most inspirational thing to see. And I know some people say, well, they have a life that can do it. But you got to realize they're working. All they're doing is working. It's just they're working on a higher level. Yeah. Yeah. They're working. It means something. It means something. Uh, you're an interesting dichotomy to, to me, if I'm using that word right, because I'm a dumb man. Um, <laughs> you, there, There's this yin and yang to you. You, you were very open and honest with some of your struggles. You've gone through some things. I also see you as a very confident person who knows your skills and knows what you want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. How does that type of person, because I've struggled with it, a lot of people listening, in your darkest hour, you might think, Jay, you're not good enough. But w- when you get out there, you know you are, and, and, you, and, you, and you, I feel it from you. Where do you find that? That that goes back to my faith. Okay. It literally goes to my faith and a voice in my head that sounds like my five-year-old. Mm-hmm. Come on, Daddy. 
because I know she needs me. Mm-hmm. My my 15-year-old, I he needs me. It is hard a lot of times when, look, I'll just be honest. Sure. I've watched, I've wanted to be a part of Nerdist since I started this. That was my goal. Okay. And I, did, I didn't know how to go about it. But when I got the opportunity to start doing Nerdist News Talks back and then they asked me to do something else, I was like, I'm, I'm starting to crack that egg. Right, right, right. But then there hit a point where I wasn't getting booked on anything. Mm-hmm. I had the incident with a certain personality, mm-hmm. a certain YouTube personality we'll okay. talk about. And you know what happened. Yeah. And after my incident with him, you know, the one of the main networks I was working on was like, hey, let's not have Jay on some shows for a while. Okay. And I'm like, I wasn't the issue. <laughs> I just said something. You know, I just right. said I'm vocal. Yeah. I said I understand now being out here. Some people are, you know, prone and privy to being sensitive to some things. Sure. Whatever. But when those days get bleak and then I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm, 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 I only have $300 and it's almost the end of the month. Mm-hmm. I don't have rent. I don't have my cell phone bill. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Then I, I, I think about my kids. Then my Chicago instinct kicks in. Right. It says, okay, you got to hustle. You got to drive. What can you hustle? Well, art. Yeah. I have a couple paintings. Like if if these if two of these people are listening to you, listening yeah. to Knapsack File, please know I meant to send your paintings out, but it has been pouring down raining <laughs> in Los Angeles. Yeah. Every time I try to and I do not want to take the chance of taking those paintings ruin out. Them. And it'll ruin them. You're a talented artist, dude. It's been a You pulled that out. <laughs> so that I so I've always been drawn since I was a kid. Okay. My uncle was a is a great artist. He can do he can look at us and sketch mm-hmm. our faces perfect. I can't okay. do faces like that yet. I'm still learning. But I can recreate any comic in, image, any cartoon. Yeah. Uh I can do abstract settings, whatever, and I'll just go. And that that mm-hmm. also helped me get through my depression. Yeah, yeah. If I'm down, if I feel like, you know what, I just don't want to do nothing. Yeah, yeah. I'll have I'll look at my easel, I'll see if I got a canvas. And you know what? Let's go to work. And you're not doing that for anyone. You might, hey, down the line, you might sell a painting or something like that. It's and, for me. And, but it's for you. And that, so that's something that helps. Because we, we, both of us, if it, we, you and I are open and honest sometimes on shows about depression, so people will write us too. Hey, how do you, and, and I don't know the answer. I'm not a licensed therapist. No. Um, but I always say depression wins when it, when it grabs you and takes you and hides you. Um, even though that's a solitary act, you're giving, you're, you're pouring yourself out onto something. Mm-hmm. Depression can't win in that way. Yeah. I, and I allow my creative juices to flow even more. Yeah. I can paint something and people always look at it and say, not only is that painting beautiful, yeah. but you do some, I've never seen anybody be able to blend and shade and do the yeah, things yeah, yeah. you can do with acrylic paints. And right. I'm like, there's just it's just something I love to do. Can you paint my van mural when I get a van? Yeah. Okay. First of all, if you get in a van <laughs> in 2020, I'm like, well, you know what? Ken's gonna be on somebody's list soon. But it's 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 been very helpful. And again, it, I use that to say, yeah, hey, okay, I got, I'm in a rut. I got to figure out some way to make some money. I'll sell these because I have a bunch of paintings. Even the ones like aside the two I made of Darth Vader, somebody bought and a Pennywise. I, you sent me that picture. Yeah. Yeah. And so somebody was like, those two bought, but everybody. I have a bunch of paintings I've done that literally just sit in my room. Okay. They're not hanging up. They're just sitting on the side. After they're done and dry, they just sit to the side. And it's so it's like, everybody's like, what are you going to do with them? I was like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And then again, the hustle, sell them. Sell them. Get rid of them. You don't need them. Yeah. And so it's just those things of how I pull myself out. The art has been a, a blessing. It's like, I always want to see how much more I can go right. and grow. I love it. Um, I have some questions. I have some answers. Uh, From my Patreon supporters. Sure. Uh, We have a Discord server there, and uh, anyone who supports me gets access to that Discord server. And I said, hey, I got Jay Washington coming in, and and we got some questions that I chose here for you. Absolutely. A lot of them tied to some things we talked about tonight. Uh, Start with our our friend Snacks. We know him as DJ Snacks. Uh, He asked, Jay, how much has changed with your weight loss? Comma, other than clothing, we know that's changed. So you went through this, you talked about it. Yeah, maybe the injury, the the illness, and the near death started it, but you stuck with it. And, you know, hey, yeah, you said red meat doesn't vibe with you, but you, French fries could still. Yeah. So you stuck with it. You're looking great. You always were in the gym. We know that about the man, yeah. the villain, the super villain, mad titan you are. What else changed? My energy level, my perspective, and honestly, my self-esteem. It helped my. And that goes back to the previous question. Yeah. Because I would never think that about you. Yeah. Yeah, I know you're a big guy. You're sexy, you're funny, you're vibrant. But you've, you, had, you suffered from some self esteem. I, I, I've always thought I was the most ugliest thing possible. The weight you're loss. Pretty man. And, and everything, and, and just started making me feel better about myself. Okay. 
and not wanting to be secluded. Uh, the weight loss, like I said, gave me more energy. Yeah. And it gave me a reason to keep pushing. Okay. Once it starts happening, does yeah. Once you saw, once I saw the results, yeah. Because at first, I I felt like I couldn't, and I felt like I couldn't see him because I'm on the inside looking out. Sure, sure. But when my roommate was like, "I don't think you realize how small you've gotten," yeah. And I was like, "What are you talking yeah. about?" And then I looked in the mirror one day, and I was like, "I do look smaller." It's your shape. It's the same. and again in this day and age, look. You know, sometimes out there, you, you, uh, if you want to lose weight, that is your choice to do. Um, it sounds like Jay, you you didn't. Well, your self esteem problem wasn't tied to a number. It was just tied to how you felt on the inside, yes. and this helped bring that out. Absolutely. All right, that's great. And and plus the clothes. You had to buy a whole new wardrobe, or are you just walking I, I around with big clothes well, like I, you see I, the crisscross video? I'm walking around with big clothes because, again, I don't have the money to buy them. <laughs> so, unfortunately, I'm, I'm you know what? It, it not Make s- that a Patreon tier. Buy Jay a shirt. <laughs> buy Jay a shirt. Yeah, that's been one of the things that's been hard. Like, I, yeah. I keep saying, I, I literally posted on Twitter and Instagram. I was like, Dear Cyber Jesus, can some clothing company decide they want to sponsor me so I can have clothes that fit? And I'll tell you real quick, one yeah. of the biggest things. So Scott Narver, who's on the Wrestling Padre Slam cast mm-hmm. me, every year he gets all of us gifts for Christmas. Okay. The gift he got me was an Alexa Bliss Moment of Bliss sweater. It was a pink Moment of Bliss sweater. I like it. I, well, I love Alexa Bliss. So, Here was yeah. the thing, though. The sweater is a 2XL. Okay. And I could put it on and have room. Really? And I was like, oh, my God. There's your moment of bliss right there. There's my moment of bliss. My buddy, Michael Kingston, who runs Headlock Comics, right. he gave me a shirt maybe a year or two ago. And he was like, all I got left is a double XL. And I was like, whatever. And I never opened it. I never, I never even unrolled yeah. it. It was still in the tape. Right. And then just a couple of days, last week, last Wednesday to be exact, I said, you know what? I'm going to unroll this and see what happens. Yeah. I put it on and it fit. It I had fit. room. Get room. I was like, that's, that's, that's your next, that's your, uh, your book. You should write Jay Washington. I have room. I have room. <laughs> uh, next question comes from Tamor. Tamor, uh, and his brother, Abdul, big listeners to the show. Actually, they probably, uh, I'm sure met you in New York. We were at the Possibly restaurant so. after the live show. Possibly. Um, uh, they were standing by with my friend Jimmy the Papadon. Yes. Uh, so Tamor asked this question. Jay, a lot of, hey, they know your name. Uh, when did you find your love for comic book heroes and villains, and did that impact your decision and what role to play in pro wrestling? For those who don't know, uh, Jay for chance, long career in pro wrestling, was yes. a worker, been in the ring a lot of times in Chicago, championships, you know it, you've been in the business for a long time. Uh, Tamor's got a great question about that, I think. So growing up on the South Side, I grew up, I'm, I'm an 80s baby. When I grew up, eighties and nineties were very, were more violent in Chicago than they are now. Gun, right. Gang wars, shootouts were prevalent almost every other day. My mother was a very overprotective mother, and I used to get so pissed off about it. It's <laughs> yeah. like I want to go outside, but and when in retrospect, I always think about it like, okay, she was protecting me. I couldn't go out, so I would go to the store, and I started just. I would go to Walgreens with my grandmother. I'll never forget. Right, and my grandmother treated Walgreens like it was a goddamn mall. But yeah, yeah. I would see the comic books, and I was like eight, seven, eight years old, and I just read them. Okay, and I just can I get this one? Can I get this one? Mm-hmm. Can I get this one? And I would get them all, and I would just be reading them. Then I started getting adapted to them. Then somebody introduced me to, hey, there's this character, this black dude you need to read. Mm-hmm. Who is he? He's a king. From Africa. What? I was like, okay, I started reading. I was like, wait, why is he with the Fantastic Four? Oh, that's the one he first came in. But then I read this character, and I got introduced to him, and I loved him, and you know him as the Black Panther. And I stayed into him, but then I started, when I kept reading reading all different type ones, of course, Batman, Superman. I'm a a young boy, yes! Yeah, 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 yeah. But no matter matter who they were, the heroes, Mm. I always loved the villains. Yeah. I always loved the villains. When I read the Maximum Carnage series, changed my life. Okay. I love Carnage okay. because I yeah. like the fact he's a. It sounds weird to say he, as in the, in the comic books, he's a psychopathic killer, and he knows who he is. Right. He's not. He's not questioning himself. Yeah, I'm just gonna kill somebody because the day ends. <laughs> he's why? Not going through it. He's Deathstroke's <laughs> a mercenary. <laughs> Deathstroke's one of my favorite villains ever. You know, and so I grew up on all these and watched these. And so in wrestling, when you learn, you have to be a good guy or a bad guy. How do you become a good guy without sounding cheesy? How do you become a bad guy without sounding cliche? Yeah. And so it also helped the fact that I had my own personality. You do. I have my own personality. So it was like, 
okay, I need to make you like me or hate me. Right. It's easy to make you hate me. It's so, harder to make you like me. Right. And so it's like, okay, I'll use what did I learn? How is how do you be this way? How do I do this where I engage the crowd where it now looks like I'm pandering? So right. you know, comic books definitely play into that. Uh that's awesome. Uh great stuff there. And uh Tim more great question. This brother Abdul's comment here in a bit. Zach Anderson is the question. Now Zach's often in my Twitch page, is the Whiteout 52, young kid out in Wisconsin. He was out here for the live Schmodown Awards and uh, nice. got to press the flesh with us here. Uh me and Grace uh Peer pressured him into riding the bull at Saddle Ranch. Oh, I remember you him. Remember Zach? Yeah. yeah. Zach is just starting stand-up out in Wisconsin. Jay. Yes. He's been doing some open mics and all that kind of stuff. So he has a question about this. What feelings and thoughts are going through your head the first time you ever uh, wanted or went to do stand-up? So take back to the early days of stand-up comedy. I'll never forget. I was uh, I met a girl. I, I was on Facebook. I would mm-hmm. always crack. This is the early days of Facebook. Sure. Always cracking just random jokes, whatever. Wasn't mm-hmm. trying to be like comedic. Just, just how I talk. Right. And a girl who had an entertainment company from Louisiana saw it and was like, have you ever thought about being a comedian? At the time, really was answering no. Yeah. I was like, nah. I would, uh, wrestling I, might have been your first uh, wrestling, thing, right? Wrestling was my, yeah. I was still wrestling. You were in the middle of it. Yeah. yeah. And everybody was like, you know, I was like, I wouldn't know, even know how to start with it. Right. And so she, we had a meeting and then she called this guy that ran this show in Hyde Park, legendary Hyde Park. And was like, okay, all you got to do is write five minutes worth of jokes. I was like, that's simple. <laughs> and because I knew I'm funny. And right. so I go the first time and I'm like, all I got to do is make these people laugh. <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. Off the jokes I have. And I destroyed. Okay. I had uh, comics like Little Rail, B. Cole, Sean Morgan, all these Chicago legends coming to me. I was like, yo, you good. Yeah. I'm cocky. I'm good. It wasn't the first one. It was the next week. Yeah. The next week, I wrote a whole new five minutes. I'm like, I'm good. I know what I can do. I got this. And I bombed <laughs> like Hiroshima. That's my, those are my favorite stand-up stories. I bombed horribly. Yeah. I didn't know. I was like, well, what? Wait, wait a minute. I'm funny. Why is this not working? Yeah. So to, to answer your question, Zach, <laughs> my first time was great. But because I was cocky, it made my second time and subsequently following times bad. Yeah. But now I'm, I'm, I'm not really cocky. I, always, I have this thing I do, and a lot of people just don't get it. If I have a show... I look at the crowd and I'll be like, well, let me go up here and bomb real quick. Yeah. Whenever I say that, I have an amazing set. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. sometimes I just don't, if I if I put too much into it and too much pressure on myself, sure. I know I'm going to bomb. Oh, I, I But if I just that. let go and have fun, yeah. I'm great. So you're going to be nervous all the time. You know, when you're doing open mics, I would say don't worry about it. Those are open mics. You are meant to fail at open mics. Worst. You are meant to fail yeah. because you're working out. You're trying to get better. Mm-hmm. If everything works at an open mic, do something else. Yeah. Do something else. Do some That's more material. Yeah. Don't just stay on that. You're going to be nervous. You're going to be, uh, do I, I want to impress these people. Yeah, mm-hmm. people, when you first start, you want to impress your peers. Sure. But after a while, you realize your peers aren't the ones that's going to pay to see you. Right. Well, and, and you know, t- I think I even said to this uh, Zach, uh, in person to Zach, I should say, um, my friend P- Peter Sprite, Long-time comic, when I started, he said, your first 100 do not count, no matter how good they are and how bad they are. They do not count. Your first 100. Get past that, then you'll know what kind of comic then you are. Then you'll know what type of comic you are. Um, follow-up question to that comes from Jason Humphreys. Uh, Jason Humphreys over in the UK, over there. How do you think your stand-up has changed as you've matured as a performer? I'm, I know who I am. Okay. I'm more comfortable in who I am. I, I used to go on the stage and be like, okay, I have to be this certain act and right. be this new character and this person. And it's just like, no, I know mm-hmm. now who I am. I can tell you a great story yeah. that is funny with multiple punchlines all the way through, but I just had to be me. Gotcha. I'm comfortable. I'm just, I go on stage and there is no, okay, let me put the Jay Washington act on. I go on mm-hmm. stage and it's, I'm already a comic. Let me just make sure you know why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, it, it took a lot of that though. Mm, that's great. It, it took me being older. It took me having to do different shows, different stages and, and work with different people to realize I don't have to try to be somebody else. I just know what I am and who I am. That's that's a great point because, uh, you know, I, I, I never quite mastered the stand-up world, and, and, and you you are, are a comic. And when I saw you really for the first time, I was like, oh, Jay, not that I doubted it, mm. but Jay's a comic. He ain't just up there. To be assing around. Be assing around. It, it's funny comic. because I've had that from, like, a yeah. lot of people, especially Perry Nemiroff, I love Perry to death. I'll never forget Perry saw me when Mark did the show at Los Globos. Yeah, yeah. Perry had never seen me do stand up. And Perry just was like, I saw hearts and stars around Perry. And I thought <laughs> we were going to be in a relationship. But she was, because she so loved what she saw. She was like, yeah. I can't believe you're so funny. 
She's like, I'm not saying you weren't. Yeah, well, no, I could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could always believe you're funny, and I and I never. I'm not saying it like I doubted too, but it's like you, you from the how you move the mic and reset the mic to the courtesies of waiting up there to shake a host's hand. All those things of like this guy, yeah, understands it. Yeah. So I mean, to cut you off there, but no, yeah, well, and it's a great point because when I struggle, and that's kind of where I was going with this. When I when I struggled uh, during the height of my comic, I I I, I didn't know who I was. Off stage, probably too. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of life things going on. A lot of therapy still in the, in the progress, and therefore on stage, I I I could change sometimes week to week. Am I am I Lewis Black this week? Am I Dane Cook this week? Am I any comic from the mid two thousands this yeah. week? And I had to find myself, and, and and I don't do it like you do uh, uh, on the regular. You know, Mark Ellis, we've. Josh and I have tricked him into taking us to some of his shows, but that's not stand up. <laughs> We're just up there barfing. But um, that's a great point. Uh, life experience, but mature maturation, Jason, that's a great uh, thought starter because I, you're exactly right. That is Jay up on stage. He's performing. He's got bits. He's hitting his marks, but that's you. Just still me. That's you. Final thoughts here. These are actually, this is from Scribble. He says, no real question, just a comment. Nice Jay Washington on the Schmodown always makes me smile. That bit is just so good. Abdul follows up saying, uh, that's Tamor's brother. On the same note as Scribbler, the emotional slash weeping Jay bit always gets me. <laughs> and it was great seeing you perform comedy in New York. So yeah, they were out there. So yeah, Schmodown stuff. It was so funny with that because I don't even think, nobody expected it. Mm-hmm. Nobody, not even Christian. Nobody, I just want, well, all of a sudden when I started doing the weeping thing, yeah, it was just like, all right, what can I do to enhance the Schmodown character? Yeah. You know, what can I do to make the character, you know, he's always supposed to talk trash or whatever. Sure. But how can I help it where, how can I enhance it where when he loses, it affects him. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I'll make him almost cry and have a sad point. Yeah. <laughs> We were that close. I'm going to tell you what. You know, just start doing those things. <laughs> and so it became fun to do that. And yeah. then, then when it became, oh, you got to be nice, Jay, and just smile. Yeah. You know, the smile where it's it's something up it's something up with him. Yeah. It's like, it hurts to smile like this. <laughs> so, yeah. Final thought from me here. Uh, and, uh, I'm always curious. Uh, over in the Schmodown world, I love watching your work. I think you're the best at what you do there. Thank seeing you, so you Seeing you live in New York and, and in your element was great. Um, you know, I, I, I like doing the promos. I, I think I have a good way and approach. I think I, I'm there to tell the story, move, yeah. move Daddy Harloff's story points along. <laughs> uh, um, but I, and I think that's, uh, I look at Paul Heyman and that's what I try to do. What, what are your keys to promos? Because I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, on the record, I see a lot of people doing it wrong. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people aren't supposed to do it right because this isn't their career. They're movie producers or editors that come yes. there, and they do them good. Yes, uh, Ra- Rachel's great. All these personalities, Ethan, all these people come on in there. But I've seen a lot of people, especially new people, come in and they do it wrong. You do it right. How do you approach promos in wrestling and particularly the Schmodown? Of course, in both their beats, you got to hit. Yeah. Okay, so I need to know the beats. But also, I need to know, again, going back to finding the character, I don't want to sound cheesy. I need it to sound like this is, again, this is just me. Right. So I know how to be me and not try to over-exaggerate because sometimes if I have to get over the top, then it loses some of the message. Right, right. So I approach every promo like, okay, who am I talking about? What do I know about you? If I don't know about anything about you, what can I, what can I assume? And, and I can gather from that. Mm-hmm. If I don't know about you, what can I sit there and say that makes it relevant and makes you even catch like, what? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Why do you say that? And, Sometimes not even have to yell over somebody. Yeah, I've always learned with the best promos, if you can cut somebody with the calmest voice mm-hmm. and the calmest face, it is the best thing possible. Because you show emotion without showing emotion. Sure, I've learned to be able to just take the moment as well. When we were in New York, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I watch, I listen, and I'm like, okay, Ken's on the mic, cool. Mm-hmm. I was like, I know he knows what he's doing. And then I was like, okay, here's my turn. And I'll never forget, I'm behind the door with Janine. And BC looks at me, and he was like, I know that face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they were like, what do you mean? That's the face of somebody who knows he finna cut the best promo ever. Right. And I'll be honest, it helped out that you had 400-plus people cheering. It was a spectacular crowd. It, it was a spectacular crowd. Mm-hmm. And so my thing was, you give me a live mic, a live crowd, let me do what I do. Right. Because I even asked Janine, I said, do you want to say anything? Let me know. 
She was like, no, I want to focus on the match. Mm-hmm. She was like, just take care of it. Don't yeah. worry, I got it. Yeah. And everything I said in that moment, I tell people to this day, was off the top of my head. Yeah. yeah. Was in the moment. I didn't plan anything. Yeah. And so to be able to take that and know, I know who I am. Mm-hmm. I know what I can do. I'm good at what I do. You know, it's just knowing it. it. There are various elements to a promo. What makes you great? That's why Doug, the great late great Dusty Rose oh, held yeah. the classes at the WWE yeah. Performance Center to teach you how to make promos. That is why Bray Wyatt, if you ever notice, is great at promos when mm-hmm. he's not going far off the deep end. Yeah, Velveteen Dream is amazing mm-hmm. because they've learned the art. Yeah. You can't go like this is the 80s mm-hmm. and the early 90s. Right, right. You got to be you. Yep. You have to connect with you. There's a sense of uh, reality that's uh, got to be built into it. You got to tell those stories and make your points, and you're great at it. You've made a lot of points tonight and told some great stories. Jay, uh, number one, glad you're here. Thank you. <laughs> Thank year. you so much. Been a year. Uh, I always appreciate you coming in, and I know you can bring not just bring your A game, but you can open up and you can share what's uh, true and going on inside your heart. And I think listeners respect that. Thank and you. you guys can get more of that on the Mad Titan podcast. And Jay, put yourself over and tell the people where to find you. Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. J Washington. That's M R J A Y. You should know how to spell Washington. You really should. Check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash J A Y Washington 80. The Mad Titan Podcast, everywhere you get your podcast listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and more. I get you caught up on everything happening in the Marvel and DC live action cinematic universes. It's Cape Cow and Mask, identities, people, identities. But uh, it is barbershop talk for nerds. If you want to just have that good conversation and just like, yo, this is one of my boys talking to me, or this is just one of the homies, and I'm just, I feel like he's right there with me. That's what this is. And also, if you can join the supervillain squad on Patreon, patreon.com slash Mr. J Washington. Um, putting up new ideas, new thoughts I have every single day, things I won't bring to the podcast, but I will only bring to the squad. I want you all to be a part of the squad and me being the leader of it. And let's do that. Also, just catch me stand up whenever I can. I know I need to update my website. Huh? It's jwashington.com. I'm going to put the dates on there. I keep forgetting that I'll put them on there. And, of course, anytime you see me on any network, please support me. Support the networks that have me. Yeah. Support support Ken Knapsack and, and more. He's all right. He's all right. Yeah, please support Jay. If you guys are listening and you're uh, learning about Jay or you, you've only seen him on the Schmodown or don't know what he does, give him a follow. Take a listen to the Mad Titan podcast uh, and, and follow uh, him and his uh, adventures. There's always good things coming from this hardworking man. To all my executive producer supporters, David Ham, Thomas Risling, uh, Lethal Logan X, Matthew Simon Bedore, Matthew Maroney, Matt Thompson, Tamor, and Abdul, the Butter Brothers, as, as we call them around here, that's intentionally said wrong, Nikki Baldwin, Donna Long, Nathan Ovendale, thank you so much. Uh, Patreon.com slash Ken Knapsack. It is no longer the Knapsack Files. It is now me. It is, uh, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that it, like the Emperor in Star Wars. Me. I'm just saying uh, we're brand, rebranding a little bit. Information coming out on that. Stay tuned. Love y'all. That's what we do here. Jay, thank you very much for coming into the studio, my friend. Thank you for having me, brother, always. Absolutely. You guys uh, follow me, Ken Knapsack, and say hello and join the conversation. See you next time here on the Knapsack Files.